I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Today's episode is a bonus episode. I hope you enjoy it. And please make sure to tune in Monday for a brand new episode of Kara Golden Show. Enjoy. Welcome to the Leadership Lab podcast, episode number 189. I'm Patrick Ledden, and I have the honor of being your host in the Leadership Lab. This podcast is for leaders, and that means this podcast is for you, because leadership has a lot more to do with choice than it does with title. Regardless of your role, you can first choose to lead yourself, and then perhaps you might lead others, whether you do it formally or informally. I truly believe that we can learn lessons about leadership from a wide range of sources, and it's with this in mind that I invite guests to join me in the Leadership Lab. I'm joined today in the Leadership Lab by Kara Golden. In 2005, Kara just wanted to break her soft drink addiction. But today, she's the founder of Hint Inc., a $220 million a year beverage producer of fruit-infused waters and lifestyle goods that offers a healthy alternative to sodas and artificially sweetened drinks. In our conversation, we talk about how this former AOL executive became an accidental entrepreneur, and we learn insights about how you can start a business from scratch and how you can fight through some of the challenges along the way. You're going to want to grab something to write with, sit back and prepare to take some notes. It doesn't matter if you want to start your own business or start a project in your organization. Kara will share with you insights to help you do it more effectively. Hey, Kara Golden, thanks so much for joining me today in the Leadership Lab. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm super excited to talk to you. The audience should know that this was supposed to start recording 28 minutes ago. So you and I have been talking for 28 <laughs> minutes, which to me, that might be the longest pre, uh, pre-recording conversation I've ever had. But there is definitely a relationship, I think, between the length of the pre-interview uh, conversation that we had before I turn on the recording and the value we bring to the audience. So let's prove that today. I love it. So, Kara, one thing that I love about uh, talking to somebody like yourself, and there's nobody else like yourself, but you know what I mean, uh, other people who have started and grown businesses themselves, is to get to know a bit of their origin story. So, some people might know your name. Some people might recognize a little bit about what I talked about when I introduced you, but I bet you a lot of people know your product. So, tell them a little bit about yourself and and the business you built. Yeah, so the product I founded uh, is is called Hint, Hint Water, and it's an unsweetened flavored water. And so what does that mean? It means that uh, 17 years ago when I was looking for a drink that would help me drink water that tasted better than water, everything had either sugar or diet sweeteners in it and lots of other stuff too food colorings and things that I didn't really want uh, to have. I had been drinking diet soda for years, diet Coke for years, and really wanted to get off of not only drinking soda, but also the uh, 
the diet sweeteners. Um, so I went to the grocery store, looked for the product and uh, couldn't find it. So I thought, what the heck? Maybe I should make this product and get it on the shelf. How hard could it really be? <laughs> the only problem was that I didn't have experience launching a product. I was a tech executive, uh, was a media executive um, right out of college, but soon found myself as a tech executive, had been in the early days of direct-to-consumer working for a small startup idea that was a Steve Jobs idea that spun out of Apple. Uh, we were acquired by a company called America Online, and I was asked to run the direct-to-consumer relationships for uh, for shopping on America Online. So built that from very, very small um, to over a, over a billion dollars in revenue. And so kept thinking when I left after seven years that you know, I was a tech executive because everybody was calling me a tech executive and what am I going to do next? And and uh, when I stopped for a couple of years and took some time off to have kids, that's when I really started looking at my own health and uh, my kids' health, my family's health and thought, you know, there's this hole that I see so clearly in the market that I have an idea for. I should just go and, and launch it, if nothing else. Uh, to keep me busy and keep my head in 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 the business game, um, but I think like many entrepreneurs, the fact that I not only had an idea but also was super curious about how I, all of these things worked. You know, how do I produce a product that doesn't have preservatives in it? How do I um, how do I get distribution? Um, how do I get past a a planogram that is sitting in front of me in stores that says that unsweetened flavored water isn't recognized. Um, so, you know, the negotiations of all of those when um, not only did I, you know, not really know what I was asking for or what I was doing, but also the fact that I didn't have the experience that not only people expected out of me, but maybe I expected out of myself. Um, so, so the story of you know taking an idea and just going and trying—that's uh, that is uh, the story of of building Hint. And by the way, Hint today is uh, the fastest growing uh, flavored water in the U.S. Today, uh, we not only started a product. Uh, and a company, but also an entirely new category called unsweetened flavored water, um, and still leading that that category, even though there's some competition out there. Um, but not only have we done the impossible, coming from somebody who didn't have the experience, but started it in her kitchen um, to you know really not only help me and my family get healthy, but also lots of other people. Uh, that is really what we've done and what we hear from people constantly that, you know, they drink this product, it helps them drink water. It's, uh, you know, they've really shifted away from things that were not making them so healthy. So it's a, it's a drink that, and, and an idea that I'm super proud of every single day. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? 
Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. 
And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I'm just wondering, like, as I listen to that story, it's a great story of, of, of about a number of things. I jotted about 10 of them down as you were talking about. But one thing is, you said I was creating a category. Didn't know I was creating a category. Didn't know that much about planograms. And how, how valuable do you think it is to, to not know sometimes? I think it's incredibly valuable. I think it's really scary, mm-hmm. though, because we are trained uh, from a very young age to you know, gain experience, right? And sometimes, though, if we look at things with a different lens, in fact, most great entrepreneurs actually don't come from the industry that they're starting a company in, right? They're just very curious people. um, And they feel like they don't have much to lose, right? And I think that that is a that's a consistent thread, um, yet it's not commonly known. In fact, you're going to have what I found, and I think most entrepreneurs would agree with this too, is that when you're trying to do something new that is unusual, that maybe you're the only one uh, in the category, uh, there's, there's a lot of people who will say, what did you do before? That's like the first question. And when they hear that you don't have the right experience, they'll add to your own discomfort of the, of the fact that you don't have the right experience. This is a terrible idea. If it was such a good idea, then somebody else would have done it. Um, but I think that what I realized and you know think about a lot today, it isn't the, the experienced and established people that are going to be the ones that kind of you have to worry about more than anything. It's the people that are really curious, the people that have fall, that have fallen down, have failed, and they figure they really don't have anything else to lose because they've, you know, had to get back up. And uh, it's it's the scrappy ones, right? Are Those are the ones that are not afraid to ask questions, not afraid to be the least knowledgeable in a room of people um, that are the ones that are really, uh, they're the ones that ultimately are asking the question, what can we do in order to go out and uh, achieve their goals? Do you find that when there were people saying to you, you, you couldn't do it? Did you, do you have a natural inclination to say, you're wrong, I can? Do you have more of a, I, w- I want to figure this out because I think it can be done? Do you have a little bit of like, oh, that person's tape is now playing in the back of my mind? I mean, how do you react to those type of situations? And what thoughts might you have for those who are listening about how they might react to situations where people say, oh, no, you can't, or it can't be done, or don't you think somebody else would have already done this? 
So I'm grateful for my parents um, being uh, sort of starting this this process for me. Uh, although when I was younger, I didn't actually, uh, I would never have thought I would have said that. But I was the last of five kids and my parents were excellent. At okay, I'm the that. last of five kids too. <laughs> All right, there's a connection. So, the connection. And so they were excellent at saying no. I had uh, two brothers and two sisters. My brothers in particular were... Okay, um, I have two brothers and two sisters too. Oh, this, this is, is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they had a lot of fun. And so my parents, when I, you know, wanted to uh, go to a party or stay out past 11, you know, I'd have to... It was a negotiation with my parents constantly. And what I realized is that... When my parents, I had to ask them at the right time, right? If I wanted to do something that was sort of, you know, not typical. But also, as my dad used to say, that he always was afraid to say maybe to me because that would leave a little window where I would eventually keep going and I would get him to yes. And, um, and, you know, he said that the problem is, is that no never means no to you. You just keep going and you keep trying to figure out different angles to ask me, like, what if I do this? And everything was a negotiation. So I think having had that experience, I was used to trying to figure things out. Right. And when I went into, you know, not only be, not only starting my own company, um, but also but also getting my first job. I mean, it, it was, I thought, you know, everybody's saying no. Um, there's nobody, uh, I had my first job in publishing. I, I talk about it in my book, Undaunted, um, where the uh, Time Time Magazine was not coming on campus, um, that I went to school at Arizona State University. They weren't coming on campus. I wanted to work in publishing. So, I got a plane ticket and went to New York and my goal was to figure out how do I get an interview? And I thought there's an HR department. I got to figure out how do I walk in the door and actually start talking to people? Because I know that if I can start talking to people, then I can probably get somebody to pay attention and try and figure out what problem I can solve for them. And I, and I did. And, but I think that, you know, just thinking about what you do in terms of negotiation, it's, uh, it's very, it's very applicable to many, many different situations um, that ultimately help you to become the best entrepreneur ever. I think I, I don't, I, maybe it's wired in me in some ways too. And I'll ask you, what if it's not, what do I do in a moment? But it's wired in me a little bit that like, it's a game. And I have to figure out how to totally. get what I want in this game or get what we're trying to achieve in this game or even help somebody help themselves sometimes who don't realize that I could be helpful to them or whatever it might be. But it's like this game or a problem to solve. And totally. to me, that makes it like this. It becomes fun. It's like I want to grow this business or I want to do this, whatever. I want to help this student see their potential or whatever it might be. Every one of them like it's a problem that can be solved. And it's kind of fun to do it, to jump in and try to figure that out. Is that the type right. of thing you, you get yourself into? Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, here's here's a great, I, I have a couple of examples. I'll give you first one from my younger years that a few of my friends that I grew up with have reminded me about. I wanted to make more than my allowance. 
and uh, I wanted to go to the mall. I wanted to have money. Um, and so I decided at age 12 to start a summer camp. I grew up in Arizona and Scottsdale. Summer in Scottsdale, Arizona is very hot. And so I wanted to do it in you know, our backyard. We had a swimming pool, but, um, and we had sprinklers and things like that, that I could start this camp for kids. But I decided I needed a partner. So I went to my friend Robin and I said, Robin, let's start a summer camp and we'll make money and it'll be great. And she said, so where are we going to, what are we going to do as an activity? And I had no idea that she was going to ask that question. Right. So I was I was thinking for a minute. I had to make it up. And I said, "Okay, so there are these large boxes at the grocery store where uh, they they unload paper towels from them. We'll get a bunch of boxes and we'll build a city of these boxes and all the kids will color them. We'll be we'll create them. It'll be great. And she said, okay, but like, what are we going to charge for this? I hadn't gotten that far, but I said, $5. And she said, why $5? $5 a day. And she said, why $5 a day? And I said, well, I don't really know that that's the exact amount, uh, but let's try it and see what happens. And if we have too many kids, then we charge more. And she said, okay. And so we went on the corner with our sign and $5 and still amazing to me that people dropped their kids, right? <laughs> they didn't know who we were to a bunch of 12 year olds. And, you know, th this went on for like three months and it was, um, you know, it was, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was a negotiation every single day because we had no idea what we were doing. I mean, that was probably the earliest days where I look back and say, okay, I was an entrepreneur. I was, you know, trying to figure this out. There were, you know, challenges every single day that you just had to overcome. Um, but you figured out how to do those things. I, fast forward to starting Hint. We, you know, there's great days uh, in the journey. One of them was when we got into Starbucks. And uh, Starbucks, you know, was definitely a big goal of ours to try and get in all of those Starbucks locations. We finally achieved that. And they were going to roll uh, BlackBerry Hint into all Starbucks locations. So we're in over 6,000 locations. We're on all the military bases. It was amazing. A year and a half later, after understanding from them that, uh, that the goal really for us that they would be terrifically happy with was a bottle and a half per store per day. Now, it took us about six months to get there, but we got to three bottles per store per day. And so I was feeling very confident. I was feeling so confident that, you know, 40% of our overall business was being run through Starbucks. And, you know, we were, it was great. We didn't have any other distribution and cities like Chicago and South Dakota and, you know, lots of places that we were introduced um, to consumers uh, through through Starbucks and they paid us on time and you know it was it was a beautiful business. So a year and a half in, they get a new buyer um, who decides that she wants to change things up. 
and she wants to bring food into the case. They didn't have any food in the case. This is in you know 2011. And uh, so she called to say that they would be removing us from the case. And I said, we're doing double what you said was great. And she said, but we changed strategy. And you guys are going to be kicked out next week. So sometimes things happen along the way that they're not fair. They're not, uh, you know, they're not what you expected. Um, strategies change, people change along the way. And it was definitely a bad day in the timeline of Hint, for sure. But more than anything, focusing on the problem that I had, which was I had $2 million worth of product that was about to go bad. And, and, you know, investors sitting in the background that I was, you know, really responsible for. Uh, and so I had to figure out what am I going to do with this product? And ultimately ended up getting a phone call, um, you know, after probably praying a little bit and hope, hoping and ended up getting a phone call from Amazon and the buyer said, I buy your product all the time at Starbucks. I didn't know whether or not that was, uh, that I should share with them that we had been removed from Starbucks. Um, but we ended up getting rid of the $2 million worth of cases sitting in, you know, the warehouses, um, and became one of the top products on Amazon. And that was really the start to our direct to consumer business. So I think it's also a story of things work out right? They don't always work out the way that you want them to work out, but you have to figure out what is the problem? What's the, what is the triage <laughs> that is really stressing you out when there is a lot of things that are beyond your control and focus on that and focus on solving that problem and the rest of the things may even work out for the better. Hey, Kara here. We are thrilled you are listening with us, and I hope you're enjoying this episode. I've had the pleasure of interviewing so many amazing guests over the past few years, and there are so many more to come. I cannot wait. And my focus is on entrepreneurs and CEOs, real innovators and leaders who are making a difference. That's what I'm looking forward to bringing you. One of the reasons I enjoy interviewing many of my guests is that I get to learn we all need to hear stories that teach us to be better, inspire us, and help us get through those challenging moments. I can't remember the last time I had a guest that didn't leave me feeling like a major hurdle had been overcome. We just don't hear these stories enough. And when we do, we learn to be smarter and stronger. Don't you agree? Episodes are concise but packed with amazing info that you will surely be inspired by. Do me a favor and send me a DM and tell me what you think about each interview that you get a chance to be inspired by. And if you are so inclined, please leave one of those five-star reviews for The Kara Golden Show on one of your favorite podcast platforms as well. Reviews really, really help. Now, let's get back to this episode. You know, it's interesting when you say things work out because they don't work out 
oftentimes without action behind it, right? So you could have totally. sat back there and said, boy, I really do hope the, the phone rings from Amazon, which was a great thing that happened. But you were probably doing a lot of other things in that moment as you were triaging this thing, trying to figure this thing out. And oftentimes when you think about triage, it's like, all right, we have to st- stop the hemorrhaging or we need to normalize something or we'll talk about optimizing later on. But when you're in those throes of the moment, th- take us in your mind. How do you, how do you, I don't know. Do you calm the madness yourself? Do you go for a walk? What are some, what are things? Yeah. That, do you look at the values that you identify for the organization? Do you reflect on, you know, why did we start this in the first place? I mean, what are, how do, how do you do that? Because we all have those moments, granted, not as big as 40% of your business from Starbucks. That's a, that's a big thing, but we all have these things that kind of knock us down. The call that does come in that we didn't expect or knocks off us off our own strategy. And we did nothing wrong. In fact, we were doing things really, really well, but we get that call. Totally. How do you process that? Well, so a few things. First of all, you mentioned the 40% uh, of the business. Again, it's great to have all your eggs in one basket when everything's going well, but when it's not, um, it's stressful, right? And you, you know, there's that much more weight in, uh, in the situation when you have a lot, a bigger percentage. And so there was a lesson learned in that moment that, you know, frankly, we've never done again, right? That we've constantly been trying to diversify and figure out, you know, how do we not have all our eggs in one basket? Because that was a story where, you know, we learned a very critical lesson when that business goes away. It's one that I share with a lot of new entrepreneurs is that, you know, it's great to get into, you know, a great retailer. Um, But if your business, if all of your time is spent focusing on that one retailer, if it goes away, would you miss it? Right? Would it, it, you know, what's it going to do to your overall business? So it's a a very, very important lesson there too. Um, In terms of, I I think the more of these that you go through, as you know, Steve Jobs used to say, the dots eventually connect. You've got you've got to trust, right, that things do work out. You don't always know how they are going to work out. And I think again, if you've been through a lot of these over time, age kind of helps you as long as you're a person that does focus on moving forward and figures out what exactly is the problem that I need to be solving. Um, and once I do that some of the other dominoes will fall into place. Um, I, I hike every day. Um, I'm, I, uh, you know, purposely live in a location where I can actually get out in nature and think and go out uh, typically with my husband, but um, often uh, also with my dogs and go out hiking with them. Um, and I, my house backs up to a state park, so it makes it very, very easy to be able to do that. Um, and I think that's really important because I think sometimes, uh, you know, we live in this world where, um, you know, we think that we're never going to go outside of the house. We've got to focus on this problem versus actually going out and um, kind of exploring something totally new and get trying to get our mind off of it in, in some way. Um, but, but I think that it's, uh, I think the, the other thing that as you say that, you know, you talk a little bit about sort of strategies, I think I've never felt that 
staying complacent is the answer. It's never helped to not move. Um, it That doesn't mean that you can't take a moment to sort of think about, you know, what is the triage situation? What is it that's really stressing me out? But I think more than anything, I think it's figuring out, um, you know, at some point you've got to move forward and you've got to make a decision and it may be the wrong decision. Yeah, right? I, I like but, that idea though of you know, having a bias toward moving, but not, but not just reacting. Right. It's, it's, right. It's a, it's a, it is that space where you go, okay, I just got this phone call, whatever that might be in life or whatever happened, came out of this meeting or my boss said this to me. Somebody on the podcast might be like, yeah, you don't know my boss, but my boss said this to me. Pause for a second. Don't react in the moment. Do whatever you need to do to, to possibly even disconnect, but then have that bias toward action. Yeah. And I think what I've learned over the years too is, you know, the worst entrepreneurs are the ones that you have to put stakes in the ground for sure. But if you can't actually trust your gut and turn around, right, or take a right when you were going left, um, that is your ability to pivot, Mm. your ability to own it, and at each step along the way, understand that it's time. Things are slowing down. Things are, I don't want things to come to a halt. So I need to recognize the patterns and then take, you know, another direction. Um, I think that having enough experiences and going through that process, I think actually that that's the sign of a great entrepreneur as somebody who can actually say, you know, I really thought it we were supposed to be going this direction. And so here I went. But then I started to really see that here's why things changed. The new buyer came in and, you know, and therefore this was changing. And or my we were selling much more than we ever thought. Um, and I needed to go out and diversify in some ways. I mean, there's there are lots of examples that we've had. Um, in business at, at Hint where, you know, we've had to, um, great leaders have to make those hard calls and those hard decisions, especially when, um, when they're looking at, you know, the overall picture and seeing that the umbrella is in a risky situation. How do you think you tease those things apart? Because I would imagine that, you know, this pivot makes sense. There's times where I have to make a pivot and I have to be open to that, but there's other things that I probably need to be because other people might be telling me I need to pivot and I'm feeling like that's core, that's essential. I guess I'm wondering, it's like, how do I know when there's the time to pivot to maybe, maybe, maybe there's, maybe that, maybe it's like the problem we're trying to solve is still the essential problem we're trying to solve. We're pivoting on how we're going to do it as opposed to times where we might say, we're going to actually pivot away from the problem we thought we were trying to solve. Like, how do I figure out like what is, core the essence of what we're doing and I should try to hold firm to certain things but other things about how we do it or why I don't know you tell me like does that make sense like trying to yeah I mean I think you really start to look for pattern matching right and see you know if if you're heading in a direction and uh I mean let's say that you're that you're heading in a direction and you're 
like making lots of progress. You're doing 40% better. I'm making these numbers up, but 40% better, 30% better um, over, over time. And then all of a sudden you go down to 2%, right? So what is going on? What is the, what is the issue that you're facing? So you have a decision. You've got a tree. I, you know, visualize um, the, the tree at that point. Do you stay the course and recognize that the number's probably not going up? It's probably going down from there. And is that acceptable to you or not? Mm-hmm. And then if it's not acceptable, then you take a right. Right. And you go and figure out some other new direction. Um, I mean, that's just from a growth standpoint. But I think, you know, it's a, it's a real decision that I think many people have to be making as they're growing their business. Um, and again, I think it really goes back to if uh, it, it, I'll, I'll give you another example. When I was uh, starting Hint, I got to a point two years in where there were so many things that I couldn't figure out. I was super challenged. Couldn't, you know, I wanted to create a product that didn't have preservatives in it, yet no bottler uh, wanted to actually bottle the product because they didn't want the risk, right? They had never, I mean, it was insane to ask them to put real fruit in a bottle and not actually put some sort of um, preservative in it in their mind. Um, nobody had actually talked about putting um, heat against a, a product in um, in a water product like I was producing. Yet I had seen in the juice category that they were. Yet the bottlers that were running juice were different than the bottlers that were running water. And so I was bringing this new concept. Nobody wanted to touch it. Um many, probably, you know, hundreds of no's. Um, And I knew that I just needed one yes to test my concept. So I had to keep calling in order to try and, you know, get to that yes. But a friend came to me and said, there's this gentleman at Coca-Cola that I met on an airplane, very senior. uh, And I was, you know, sharing a little bit about you that you had started this company and that you had all these challenges that you were trying to figure out. So she introduced me to him. We ended up having a, a phone call. I was very excited. I, I basically thought if he wants to take the company over, I'll give it to him. I mean, I just want this concept. They, they're the big guys. They're mm-hmm. the experienced ones. They can go figure it out. I was very surprised on the phone call when he went on to tell me what the consumer uh, really wanted. They wanted, they didn't want a water that didn't have sweeteners in it or one that didn't have preservatives in it. Um, so what I was talking about was not only impossible, but it wasn't interesting. And, uh, and what he believed that people were focused on was the, was exactly what he was telling his company, which was that they wanted uh, they wanted to get closer to zero calories. At the time, uh, diet drinks were at 10 calories. So I'm thinking while he's telling me this, I totally disagreed. I had seen over the last two years that consumers actually wanted to drink. Not everyone, buddy, realized this, but there were plenty of people who didn't want sweeteners in it. 
But yet he didn't want to change the strategy. He wanted to sit here and keep those stakes in the ground and not waver because he had a lot at risk. He had told the whole company that this is what we're doing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you're leading, right? And even though you're seeing that share is being taken away from you, people like me who had been drinking Diet Coke for years had left. We, I, I was not that person that he was describing. I knew there were a lot of other people like me, yet he was unwilling to hear because he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to seem like he was wavering in some way. So I think that there's, um, I mean, that's a great example where, you know, you see somebody that they probably should be mapping things out and changing course a little bit, but they won't because ego, um, they believe they're exactly what they're saying. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to, it's hard to say, but that it's, that is the, you know, it's the challenge of many large companies, um, not only uh, Coca-Cola, but, you know, we've seen Kodak and many IBM, yeah. many others over the years that have run into the exact same issue. Who needs that? Well, if you're looking at your own market and drinking your own Kool-Aid, then, you know, you probably do believe that. But inertia is such a powerful thing sometimes. <laughs> and, the, totally. and the fear of giving up whether it's giving up some uh, ego or give, taking a risk on something different will often cause us to continue to move in a direction, even at some point when all everything around us blinking yellow lights at us. We just keep going forward. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So you have a book out. I know you call it Undaunted. Um, and it, it did tremendously well. And I encourage people to, to pick it up. It's, it's It's been out there for a bit and continues to get traction. You and I were talking about how um, in the work I'm doing, I can see myself using Undaunted with our students and with some of my clients as well. But in it, you share real world stories about your fears and doubts like we were talking about today. I, I, I guess if I was going to name it after our conversation, today, I'd probably go on, you know, how do you go from Camp Kara with grocery store boxes to Hint with grocery store shelves? But nonetheless, I mean, you have kind of gone the full, um, the, the, the full circle with the, this initiative, this don't stop it, no, this idea of like, I can persevere and figure this out that started at a young age. It continues today in your business. And I can just tell from our conversation today that the desire to, through your book and your, your presentations and speaking you do is to help other people see, yeah, we all have fears and doubts, but that shouldn't stop us. Totally. And I think it's really, you know, asking yourself a question that I, I, ask every day. I mean, what do you want your legacy to be? Right? If we if we started out in this life thinking I want to do something that has impact, I want to you know, do something that creates change that helps people. Um that's a that's a really good thing. How do you get there? Right? How do you take your idea and do something that is going to help you achieve those things. But you have to keep asking yourself that question. And in order to do that, you really do have to live undaunted because unfortunately, not everyone is going to help you to recognize 
you know, how how you are going to be able to achieve those things. You have to do it by trial and taking those risks and making uh, mistakes along the way and failing. And uh, people have their own ideas about uh, what is going to be successful, what is going to be needed. Um, often it's their own insecurities um, that I think come out. So, you know, you'll never really know. And the truth is no one really knows unless you try. And the greatest ideas, the greatest entrepreneurs are the ones that um, have had trials. You've had many of them on uh, the show, too, that not just entrepreneurs, but leaders overall, um, you know, military leaders, whatever it is um, that that they encounter. There's always this grain of I wasn't really sure if it was going to work. Mm. I hoped it did. I was betting that it did, but it might not have. And your ability to sort of figure things out on the fly, take the unexpected, uh, take the you know challenges of today, and learn from them, uh, deal with them, and move forward is absolutely key. I think it's so. When you just said there, I don't know if it'll really will work. And I think the other part of that equation that you taught us today is that, but we'll figure it out. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a thousand percent confidence in this particular thing being exactly right, but I have confidence in us and what we can do. And there's a, there's a, you know, not knowing if the solution is exactly right is one thing, not knowing if the team or your, or, or your commitment to it isn't right. That's a whole different thing. And I just love how you brought that perspective today. Thank you so much. Thanks. I enjoyed the conversation. Folks, pick up a copy of Undaunted and learn from Kara's brilliance and her life lessons along the ways. As she said, you know, we all have fears and doubts. The question becomes, what are you going to do next? Thanks, Kara. Thank you. Well, folks, that's all I have for today's episode. Big thank you to Kara Golden for joining me in the Leadership Lab to share her story about starting and building her business. If you could think about one person who would benefit from hearing my conversation with Kara, I encourage you to share a link to this podcast episode with that friend or that colleague. This is the fastest growing podcast on planet Earth when it comes to leadership. In fact, it's ranked in the top 1% of all podcasts worldwide. And it's because people like you hear conversations like the one I had with Kara and you think to yourself, I know somebody who would benefit from hearing this. In fact, last week, Reggie from Indianapolis, Indiana, sent me a note and said he heard my conversation with Coach Dar, and he shared it with a friend. So do like Reggie. Share a link with a friend, let me know about it, and who knows, I may even give you a shout out at the end of the podcast. That's all I have for today. Thanks so much for joining me. My name's Dr. Patrick Ledden. Now go make it a great day. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. 
Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.